podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The $10 Tastemaker from Pizza Hut. Stuck in traffic? Just think of all the delicious meat and veggie combinations. Whoops, got a little distracted there. Large, up to three toppings, just 10 bucks. No one out pizzas the hut. Deal not available in some locations. Exclusions apply. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub. And start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. First up, we have an interview with playwright Nicky Alt, whose You'll Never Walk Alone, the history of Liverpool Football Club, has opened a great acclaim in Liverpool and will soon be here for people to see in the Gaiety Theatre. Okay, Nicky, you're well known to Liverpool fans as the author of One Night in Istanbul, the hugely successful play that's set to become a movie this year. It must be really special to be able to incorporate your passion for Liverpool Football Club into your writing. Yeah, well, I was, uh, I was getting a little bit bored of, I don't want to say bored, I don't want to say like that, I was getting a bit of typecast as being a football writer, but I was such a, I was such a fanatical supporter. I mean, I was in 38 games, 42 games a season, man. For 20 years, and what I found was even when I didn't like football stuff, all the football stuff was going back in to whatever else I was doing. So people keep asking me to do this stuff, and I, I think the reason that they're asking me is that they know I'm a real support. I mean, I know all the fans who went to the away games in every game every single week, and you know we were not trying to be super fans; we were just lunatic football supporters. I was, I was like probably what you term a fanatic. So yeah. I think most of my stories in life are to do with football. So. I think one night in Istanbul struck a chord, as did Here We Go Gathering Cups in May, the book. And a lot of people liked the other book I wrote, which was Boys from the Mersey. So I thought the best thing that I could probably do now would be like to, to write the full history of the football club, which I always knew was going to be difficult, but I think we've done a great job. Well, absolutely, and, and that, that brings us pretty much to where I wanted to go next. You'll never walk alone. The official history of Liverpool Football Club is the name of the new show. We, we heard about it first. I suppose we assumed some sort of fact-based, documentary-style thing. Um, what can people expect when they turn up to watch in Dublin, Nicky? Well, uh, basically, Trev, it's the whole, the whole story from the very beginning, from when they split from Everton, when Everton didn't want to play the, play the increased rent, and sort of like he wanted to make uh, Everton a bigger football club, a city-wide football club. And so they, they renamed it to, uh, well, it was a Dublin man, wasn't it, who renamed the club? It was William Barkley. Right. And uh, J.K. Holding t- uh, moved away and, uh, and Everton had to move out. And so Liverpool began. But it was a whole journey for me because, I mean, even though I was a fanatical football supporter, I didn't know all this stuff. You just don't bother. You know, you tend to go to the football game. Yeah. You, know your, you know your heroes. You know your, your moments. But then when I started like delving deep, Liverpool's history is so dense. It was how we got that down into like a, a one and a half, two hour play. But there's a lot of music in there. A lot of the cop songs are in there. Um, we basically told the story from 1892 right the way forward to present day. And uh, listen, there's a whole load of stories that we, we've yet to put in. So it'll be an ever evolving play. It'll always change. Well, that's very interesting. So it's kind of it has that potential for evolution. And what was it that, that, that planted the seed for the show? I mean, if you obviously 
Istanbul is 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 dramatic in and of itself, and 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 a kind of an obvious point of reference or point of beginning for something. Um, but but with this, was it was it more of a labour of love about a, a lifetime of, of of passion for the Reds, or was there some defining moment which made you think, you know what, let's do this? Well, I think sometimes you know, like like a lot of us who are football fans, I was also a frustrated footballer. I never right. really gave I never really gave it me all when I was young, and I had a bit of a poor attitude. You know, I always thought I was too big for my boots when I was a kid as a footballer. I wouldn't be told what to do. Right. So suddenly you find yourself, you know, you're in your late 20s. You're, you're not going to be a footballer. But I'm, I'm by this time, I'm a fanatical fan. And, and the team were that good when I was in my 20s. Sometimes I think that they led me astray. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, instead of playing football, I was always going to watch them all over Europe. Sure. And even though I never had no money and stuff, we were always bunking on the trains and bunking on the boats. And it, which, which was harmless stuff then, you know, I'm not proud of anything, but it was harmless stuff all then, but it's, I think young people can't bloody move now, they can, you know, every time they move there's a camera on them or telling them they've got to join this club, so, in the end I just looked at the whole thing, and one night in Istanbul was a fan keeper, climbing in and out of windows, and what happens on a, on a, on a typical European trip, I wanted to tell that tale, but when I, I looked at the whole thing, I just thought the only thing to do is the whole football club's history, very, very daunting when I first looked at it. Sure, yeah. So, uh, you know, I had to sit down and go through research and, and legends. Or I just thought to myself, I've got to, I've just got to have a go at it. I was really, really worried because the Heysel and the Hillsborough stuff, you know, are real low points and tragedies. But I think the way we pulled it off, if I'm really honest with you, Trevor, as I say, you know, it's no, show praise is no praise, but I'm, I'm absolutely over the moon with the show. Well, I mean, there's so many of us just kind of on edge to see it, really looking forward to it. I mean, was was it was that very very difficult for you trying to incorporate Heysel and Hillsborough, such such somber and, and, and tragic events into a show, which obviously you know is at, at its heart an entertainment, and you want it to be uplifting as an experience. Well, it was because the thing is, it's, you know, I was only used to really, I really enjoy more than anything writing comedy. I mean, yeah. One Night in Istanbul is a typical example, and I think the first book I wrote, one, uh, Boys from the Mersey, a lot of people just say to me that all I ever do is get pulled up in the street, and people always tell me it's hilarious, and when I write another one, yeah. but, you know, to write a book is, is also, it's a lot of work, but I will write, a, I will write another book to, again, but looking at the hills and the high school points, I thought, well, we can't leave them out, so people are just going to say you've dodged it. Yeah. Well, with it being a comedy, the thing is, it's to be able to go that low and tell them stories and then bring it back up again. And I think we've re- we've done it really, really well. I mean, last night in the theatre in Liverpool, there was like 1,100 people, I think, and then you couldn't hear the pins up on the uh, the Hillsborough scene. And wow. by the end, uh, I actually sort of was looking across seats and there was a hell of a lot of people crying. So, you know, wow. you're proud in one way, but you, of course, yeah. it, it's very, very emotional because a lot of people relive it in, in the scene that we do in there. And then by the time that's finished, we have to bring it back up again and... We've got a song and a bit of stuff where that sort of makes it light-hearted and brings it out of that again. But, you know, that was the most daunting part, Heysel and Hillsborough. But I, I think everybody so far said that we've done it fantastically well. So, uh, you know, I'm over the moon now. It's a, just one of those moments where you feel relieved, if you know what I'm saying. Of course, yeah, of course. What about the far end of things where, you know, I know if, if I was putting myself in your shoes, I'd be very, very tempted to make the whole thing about Kenny Douglas, you know what I mean? How how, how much of a difficulty was it for you to, to avoid maybe centralising your heroes, uh, the ones that you particularly loved? Well, you, you see, it's, we all have our own, and, and for me, like, I'd end up doing probably a half of the show about Bill Shankly, 
Right. When I seen him, I seen him as a kid. You see, I mean, I'm 50 now, so when I was a young kid and I seen him, he was like a fella who, who he just struck me as somebody who, who could lead people who you'd want to follow. You know, he meant what he said. Yeah. His politics were very similar to ours, uh, if not the same. Uh, his passion for football was the same as ours. So, you know, it's sort of it's funny. It, you know, there's a lot of Liverpool people who are very passionate. Like there's a lot of very passionate people in Dublin. But it sort of took a Scotsman to come in, a bit like the James Connolly thing, if you, well, you know what kind of story I'm trying to tell you here. Sometimes it takes an outsider to come in yeah. and fire the people up. So it was Bill Shankly, so, you know, there's a lot of Kenny Douglas in there, there's a lot of Bob Paisley in there, he's another fantastic hero, but, you know, we, we've looked at the playing, you know, there's only bits on Billy Little, there's only bits on Albert Stubbins, there's not a lot on Ian Callaghan, the most of Pinters. There's a hell of a lot of people there, Ian Rush, that we yeah. don't do a hell of a lot on. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it it will always evolve, but the temptation for me wasn't about grief. The temptation was uh, that I didn't do too much on Bill Shankly. <laughs> right, right. Uh, look, the the show is always going to open as 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 it has done, and and it's it's lovely to hear that it's doing so well um, in Liverpool. But what what was it about Dublin that appealed to you as as a, as a venue for the show as well? I mean, I know there's a connection between the cities, of course, but was there any other reason, um, personal reason, that you had for 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 driving it towards Dublin? I think it's very, very similar to Liverpool. Every time I come there, it just feels the same. It feels right. the cities feel very, very similar. The the humour is very similar. It's very cutting, you know, very sarcastic. Sure. Everybody tends to like ribbing each other. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's, you know, when I've wrote stuff in the past, like I wrote a play here called Brick Up the Mersey Tunnels in Liverpool. That was a huge hit. It sort of kept the theatre open, and it was sort of like it was. It ran for about five years, and all it did that play was just like. It skittered and tore the, it tore the hoop out of everybody in Liverpool. <laughs> so, well, we had like London directors come up to direct the play, and all they were saying to me was, "You're gonna have to, to tone this humour down and take it down." So it's a Liverpool, Dublin, probably Glasgow's very similar too. It, yeah. It's like, it's that humour where you know he might be your best mate, but you give him hell. That's the and, first thing you do. Yeah, you tear him down, as you say. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand it. I mean, I always remember like the 2001 FA Cup final we playing Arsenal. And there was about eight, eight or nine of us arguing in a pub. And the Arsenal fans we were drinking with, they came in and said, they went out and said to, to other lads, all oh, your mates are fighting in there. And we, went, <laughs> yeah. just like, we were all just all tearing the hoop out of each other. Yeah. But they, you know, the Londoners, they thought we were like, we were going to fight and we were getting aggressive, but we weren't. It's just the way we are. So Dublin, I find it very much a home from home. And I know all passionate the Liverpool fans are there. I've got a lot of friends there who are, okay. who are big reds. And I just thought, well, if we're going to do Ireland, we can go to Cork. We can go to the other coast in Ireland. We can go up to Belfast. But where should we start with the show? And the ideal place, the obvious place to start was Dublin. I hope people from the other parts of Ireland, like they did it one night in Istanbul, you know, they'll come into Dublin and, and watch the show. So, you know, that, that, that was the, it was just finding a central point and Dublin was the right place. I'm sorry, I should, I should add to that. I, I always yeah. wanted to play the gaiety. Oh really? Okay. Well, that's that, that's lovely. I think you can be fairly, fairly sure that people will make the effort to travel because it's it's uh, it's something that people will want to see, uh, Nicky. But this is going to be a very busy year for you with with, with the show. Are there any plans to to tour it further uh, afield? Yeah, right. We want we want to take it all over the world. So that the as I say to you, the first two places that it's been really pushed in is is Liverpool and Dublin. Probably the next place might be maybe next year. I don't know. It'll probably be Belfast over to Scandinavia. We were looking this year at maybe taking it with the football club over to America. Mm. But we think we think we're a little bit short, we're a bit tight on that now. But we we we're looking at like uh, 
the football games and I just don't think the club has got enough going on. It's great that they have a game in like say New York or Chicago. But I just think it'd be fantastic as well as the stuff that people like the Anfield Rap do and other little things like bands and stuff. I think it'd be nice to go and educate supporters and say this is the football club and have the show on outside of the stadium somewhere. Oh, absolutely! I, I, and again, you can imagine there'd be massive interest. Uh, I really, I really hope you get to do that. I mean, also, you've got. Um, am I right in saying that the movie uh, of One Night in Istanbul is due for release this year as well? Finally, yeah. So, I mean, it's been a long time coming. It should have been out a year ago. Uh, they yeah. missed the boat with the music and stuff. It should have come out August this year. Uh, sorry, August last year. It's coming out uh, August this year. Now. So, yeah, we'll be busy, but like that's all in, in now and. You know, again, I have to say, a little bit like the Heysel and Hillsborough stuff going into this play, I watched the film Behind Closed Doors the other day, and I was, <laughs> I've got to say to you, I was bloody relieved that it was a good film, because after, like, you know, spending that long on it, if it would have been an absolute dud, it would have been, it would have cracked me up, and I thought, I'll tell you what I'd have done, even though it was a one and a half million pound film, I'd have ended up, like, tearing it apart and saying, no, I've got to start again, because it's such an integral moment, that, that Istanbul moment, and I think, you know, without being biased, I'm a Liverpool supporter, of course, but it's one of the greatest football games that's ever taken place, so we have to make a film that, that done it justice. Sure. I thought Will was okay, you know, it was just okay, and I've seen other bits, but nothing's done that Istanbul uh, day justice, so this is what we've had, a, we've thrown a dice at, and hopefully, I think we've made a really good film, so, uh, listen, I'll, I'll have a, a more stuff out, I mean, that stuff, really, this play now is up and running, that film is up and running, but the other stuff, I mean, I... I'm sort of at the moment. I'm, I'm, I can't stop. I'm just like on this thing where I just want to keep going. Is there, is there any truth to the rumour, Nicky, that you're putting together a new play featuring Colo, Luis Suarez, and Brendan Rodgers? Is that right, or is that is that a scurrilous rumour that I heard? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you go and see this play, I mean, the, the last five ten minutes of this play is all about Luis Suarez, uh, Brendan Rodgers, Daniel Sturridge. So all the new stuff's in there now, anyway. And there's a the, fantastic. There's a scene that everybody seem, seems to love at the moment, which we were a bit, you know, a bit dubious about, because we thought, oh, no, let's go for it. But, uh, well, look, everybody in the round Liverpool knows already, but we've got Luis Suarez as Dracula, so there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, look, you're a match-going red yourself. I mean, uh, obviously, an, an old league win would probably drive sales of the shows tremendously, but what do you think are the realistic possibilities of that yourself as, as a man who, who, who watches the matches closely? Realistic possibilities of sorry of us of us actually maybe nailing down a league win this year. Do you think it's a possibility? Absolute possibility. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, Chelsea've only got to lose a game and they've still got to come to Anfield. I think you know a lot hinges on the Man United game the weekend. Well, no, it doesn't really. What listen, what I would say to you is the great strides that Brendan Rodgers has made and the football of club have made this year is every game's important again now. So yeah. every week comes up and all you hear Liverpool fans saying is. Oh, it's great. It's so important this game. It's like no, every single game's important now. So it's, it's that old cliche. You got to take every game at a time. But if if they win it, win it all Trafford, which they're more than capable of doing at the weekend, then I think it's going to give everybody a huge lift. I mean, even if they draw, I mean, I think it's still there. But it's a good season this season to get back in the, to the Champions League. But me personally, no, I I want to go out and out for the league. Well, it's there. Go for it. Sure, as you're you're a man like myself who's seen the, the the team win league after league, and it's it's something that's that's kind of bred into us as as supporters of a certain age. I mean, will you get to Old Trafford yourself, or will, will, how do you get to matches at all with the schedule that, that you see appear to have at the moment? No, that's where I can I can let off a little bit of steam. I mean, I'll be going to Old Trafford next uh, next Saturday. Still, I've got my ticket, but I'm not worried about that. No, no problems. I'll, I'll be getting my ticket on the day. 
But uh, I, I, look, I don't consider a game like I used to. I mean, I used to go to 38 games a season. I can't yeah. do that no more. But, I mean, I'll go to 20. And that might be 10 away games and 10 home games. So I do well. Uh, this season, probably less. I'll probably end up going to... Yeah, about half of that. Mind you, you know, if you get on a European one, those those are the trips of legend for me. So they're the ones I have to go on. So sure. I'll break the I'll break the bank and save me money to go to to. Uh, I took them for granted, as I think we all did a few years ago when yeah, we were absolutely. playing Barcelona and you know and Milan and all that stuff. But the next time we played them, oh, oh my god, am I there? <laughs> Fantastic! I'm, all, I'm, I'm half there in my head already. <laughs> You're not the only one, mate. There's a lot of people booking flights that aren't real yet. But listen, that's fantastic. Really, really, really a pleasure to speak to you. And the very, very best of luck with all the stuff you've got coming up. Um, we can only we can only wish it success. Uh, thanks, Trev. Listen, I'm really looking forward to Dublin. So anybody who's listening, all my mates in Dublin, I'll be having a good drink this time because. I've been sober as a judge doing nothing in Liverpool, so when I come to Dublin, I'm having a little bevy. Good man, well hopefully we might get to share at least one with you at some stage. Thanks a lot, Nicky. Cheers, thank you, Toronto. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it, because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub. And start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Sports Social Podcast Network.